We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Welcome into the game plan. Toby Rowland, I'm Chris Plank. What did we learn today the Bob Soup's press conference today? What did we learn? Um, we learned that that Oboe has maybe more of an issue than we feared. Did you, know? you see the uh, the Ryan Aber tweet after the game? <laughs> uh, they had I I did not see this. Oh, here we go. No, I did not see this myself. Sorry, audio expert here, not knowing how to use the equipment. Apologies. Uh, but he had they had the trainers there, athletic trainers. And they had some doctor personnel, and I guess they ended up taking him out on a a stretcher. So really? it was uh, he was battling. I don't know if it was fatigue or exactly what it was. He was he was he was fighting through the hmm. second half. He had, you know, we we reported it. I think everyone saw it that was there. I don't know how much they talked about it on the broadcast. Um, but you know, he didn't play a lot of part of the first half really affected well, that. Wouldn't that just be what this defense needs uh, like if he Bolton. had to miss any time? I, I wish I, no one really asked about that. The the Bolton package too much. Did yeah. they today? No. I thought that would have been an intriguing. He was another guy into. that got banged up. Curtis he Bolton. did, and I guess that might have been the reason why we didn't talk about it because you didn't see him much in the second half. Matt Romar, they said uh, he wasn't sure if he'd be okay. So there was some injury stuff. I mean, um, you know, this was mostly about the defense at the press conference today, and and that's to be expected. Um, the Oklahoma offense, I, that was the darndest game. I mean, I was, let's just back up to Saturday night. Yeah. Maybe we should start with maybe not bearing the lead. Sorry. <laughs> Other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Yeah, that was the – I mean, I've, none of us have ever seen anything like that. And it's the second time since you and I have been doing this that you have had a post-game situation where the offense is thrilled. 
And rightfully so. They were fantastic. And the offensive coaches are thrilled. And the defense and the defensive coaches are glad they won the game, but far from thrilled with how the night went. And it's an interesting dichotomy because all of those people get on a bus and get on a plane together and and travel. And and Mike Stoops and Lincoln Riley are, you know, on the same coaching staff, and yet they couldn't feel more opposite about how their, their side of the ball performed on Saturday. So Monday's presser was mostly about the defense, and what do you do? You know, what do you do? And it sounded like that uh, Bob felt like there weren't a lot of middle mistakes, that he wasn't thrilled with with some effort by some guys on occasions, and that for the most part he felt like they were in the right place to make plays and just didn't make plays. And, you know, without going back and watching it play by play, which I haven't done yet. Do I don't you plan know. on doing that, by the way? Um, I'm thinking about doing it tonight. Yeah, probably. I usually do. So, uh, you know, these night games kind of the kind of throw you off the next week. They get you behind your schedule by about a half a day. So, hopefully, I can fit that in at some point. But, I mean, I believe him. That Patrick Mahomes was sensational, and uh, he put the ball in some uncatchable places at times. And then there were times where it looked like the pass could have been broken up or whatever, and and the tech guy just wanted it a little more. So. This w- this is going to be a very interesting week to be a part of the OU defense. Uh, interesting is the word I use because I'm not in the middle of it. It might <laughs> it might not be a lot of fun, you know. I mean, because they got to fix some things now. They're four and zero in the Big Twelve, and the next two weeks they should win. Right. But West Virginia, Baylor, and Oklahoma State are good. They're looming at the end, and uh, if they're going to win those games, then they got to fix some things on the defensive side of the ball. Whenever I was getting ready to drive home on Saturday night, I posted a tweet, a tweet that I felt pretty confident about and a tweet that best kind of laid out my emotions because what I thought we witnessed was awesome. I mean, I was just blown away by it. And I just to make sure I, I phrase it correctly, I said that was amazing, unreal atmosphere, unreal game. Immediately I started getting crushed because, again, it's uh, – it's like a golf game. Well, not yours. More like mine. You drive the ball great, but you can't putt or chip. You know, you you feel like, wow, I got I've got my middle irons tuned in, and then you're shanking drives left yeah. and right. It just it wasn't that complete game. This though seemed to be so incredible that it almost defied even logic. Mm-hmm. How you you are on cloud nine if you're a fan of offensive football, right? And I I, I am. And with every storyline, I mean, the NFL is trying – as we tape this, we're getting ready for Monday Night Football. The NFL has to drum up a storyline with Brock Osweiler and the whole six starts he made for the Broncos going back up against a team that he played with. This is one of those storylines that doesn't come along very often in sports. Yeah. And the guy who was the feature just played all out. Incredible. But yet no one wants to hear that right now. And I, I'm not trying to pander and say, uh-huh. hey, be happy with the win. Trust me, that's not what I'm saying at all. That's how frustrated a lot of PL fans fans are, and obviously coaches too, uh, because they don't want to have defensive performances like that. Nope. Nobody really seems to be overly enthused. No, I get it. I, get, I mean, you want to be great on both sides of the ball. Right. And certainly on defense, uh, Oklahoma has a history and a tradition of great defense around here for not just the Bob Stoops era, long before that. I mean, right. you know, uh, Oklahoma's kind of hung its hat on 
uh, a couple of things. One's running the football through the years, and the other is playing great defense. And I, I think a good comparison, though, is the – I brought this up on television – is the Tennessee game last year where OU was absolutely anemic offensively for three quarters in that game. They couldn't do anything, and the defense just kept getting stops over and over. They got stops. It was 17 nothing, and then it was 17-3, and they just kept giving the offense a chance until finally the offense was able to put something together, and they won that game. And the opposite was true on Saturday night. You know, the defense couldn't get off the field. They just could not get a third down stop. A couple of times they forced fourth down, and they picked them up. And and fortunately, the offense kept scoring. And Baker and the guys said, we got your back tonight. And they just kept scoring and never let Texas Tech get out in front. And they won the football game. And that's the bottom line is they found a way to, to win the game. Now, does that – still doesn't feel good that you gave up 59. And like I said, they've got some things to fix – going forward, but I do think it is proper to appreciate what the Oklahoma offense did on Saturday night. Tech's defense is not good, okay, but Baker Mayfield had a whole lot of pressure on him going into that game, and I think all of us were expecting him to maybe be a little, at the very least, a little jittery early, you know, and he was as sharp as he's ever been deep passes. It wasn't a bunch of dink and dunk stuff. Right. I mean, he was carving them up. He only threw 36 passes the the other night compared to 88 by his counterpart. But he was as precise as he's ever been. Joe Mixon 31 showed for 263. Us, I mean, we knew he was special, but he showed us how special he is capable of being on Saturday night in every which way that he could, catching the ball with one hand, uh, breaking tackles uh, as a pure running back. Um, awesome. And and D.D. once again, and, uh, you know, you kind of saw this one coming against uh, the Tech secondary, is just running free. And uh, I think this is the way it's going to be. I mean, uh, as long as he's okay, this isn't a flash-in-the-pan thing with D.D. Westbrook now. That's four straight games where he's been just spectacular. So while what we need to, obviously, as a fan base and uh, media and everything and coaches, uh, I probably, you know, getting the Oklahoma defense better is what's on everybody's mind today. Understandably so. Uh, I don't want to just gloss over 66 points and 854 yeah. offense, uh, yards of offense for for the good guys, for, for, for us on Saturday night. That was amazing. He's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank. It's the game plan, our look at game week. And back on the Saturday that was, is brought to you by the Riverwind Resort and Allstate. So I, I like thinking about this angle, and I was trying to, you know, we have two very defensive-minded guys, two of the greats at linebacker in Oklahoma history, and Rufus Alexander and Teddy Lehman on uh-huh. our crew. And when we were doing the post-game show, I mean, and again, I, I was on cloud nine. I'm not even. I, I, I loved everything about the atmosphere, the phone lights, uh-huh. 
they had kind of their own little Wabash Cannonball thing that Kansas State does with uh, some some rap song. I don't know what it was. It was great. It was great. They uh, the person that drove us from the stadium. Mm-hmm. Out to our car because we're parked 20 miles away. Said it was the best road environment that she'd been, had since, since me, TC last year. Can I interrupt year. you? Yeah, go ahead. Because I think maybe maybe this is – I was thinking about this today. Mm-hmm. What people probably should understand about us is you and I are not analysts. No. We are reporters. We're journalists. We I call the game. You report on the sidelines. I my I have a radio show, so I have to every once in a while give opinions on sports, mm-hmm. and I'm terrible at it. I'm not, I mean honestly, I I openly admit I couldn't. I my win loss record in those pick contests and all kinds of stuff is just god awful. I'm not an analyst. I I just go to observe a game and call a game, and you're a lot the same way. You're trying to get injury reports on the yeah. sidelines, and you're in the middle of it, and you're reporting what the atmosphere is like. And for guys like us. Saturday night sensory overload. Yeah, thank I mean, you. There you go. That's the best just, way to put it. It's yep. just uh, it's a pinball machine of excitement and back and forth, and <laughs> the fans are bing, 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 bing. Meanwhile, juxtapose that <laughs> with Teddy and Rufus and Coach Merv, who are analysts and are a part of our crew and are just beating their head against the wall or the bench or whatever they can get close to about the way that the defense is playing and the things that are going wrong because that's the way they see the game. We see the games differently because our brains work differently. So that's why as soon as the game's over, you're tweeting, incredible. And Ted's probably (laughs) in the fetal position on the bus, weeping. He wasn't happy. Yeah, so go ahead and finish what you're going to say. Well, no, and that was going to be my point. Is And you you made it for me brilliantly, much better than I would have because here I am – with Teddy afterwards, and like, there's nothing good about this. There's nothing good about this. And, you know, he's he's pointing out those things that you think you see, like linebacker drops, and by that they're, they're dropping coverage and not being deep enough or, or being too deep in some instances. Uh, losing contain whenever Mahomes – you know, Patrick Mahomes, what what did he – he almost finished with 100 yards rushing, didn't he? 80-some, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Rufus was a little bit more disappointing in the secondary, too. Uh, coach – Coach Murr brought up quite a bit. And I see all those things. And in my mind, I'm like, but but we scored 60. <laughs> but and, and, I, and I'm in and we interviewed Joe Mixon, who was uh-huh. great. And we interviewed Baker and and you're smiling, and you're happy. And then when you talk to Jordan Evans and you see Steven Parker, you're like, yeah, they're team guys and they want to win. But I, the point, it's very personal. They're hurting. Yeah, yeah, it's very personal to them. And that's why I think uh, sometimes my – my inner fan needs to be a little bit more analytical in it and realize, okay, calm down. Whenever you're talking to Jordan Evans, you go, hey, man, that's got great win. Congratulations. And everyone kind of looks at you. You're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. You know, it's, like, it's one of those situations to where he brought up a great point to a question. I was like, "Is it? how frustrated are you? Are you frustrated? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, oh, trust me, I'm frustrated right now. I'm like, where do you start? He goes, the mirror. And I thought that was a really mm-hmm. key moment. I, Ted – uh, Teddy Lehman, of course, on the broadcast. I don't think he needs an introduction on this press conference. Everyone knows who he is. But his point is, you're right, they need a mirror. They need a bunch of them and, and then went through a laundry list of things. Um, but I guess my point is where my exuberance was there because they won it because it was an offensive showcase and it's something we're never going to forget our entire life. Um, boy, there was a – from just about everyone I knew, that was as frustrated mm-hmm. of the uh, analytic – 
uh, the analysts that I've seen in a long time, Toby. And I think everything's fixable. I mean, I, isn't it? I, I, again, I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not. You're asking the wrong guy. Um, I hope so. It was eerily similar to the West Virginia game, the 50 to 49 game in Morgantown, and and uh, you know we'll we'll see. The injuries are a major problem, and hopefully Oboe's not out, and hopefully Romar's not out because I mean they just can't they can't afford how many they have right now on defense, much less anymore. So is that kind of thing going to get better? Uh, I don't know. There was kind of some hope that was given today about Charles Walker and and Matt Diamond. Uh, can a defense halfway through the season, a little over halfway through the season right now, instantaneously get significantly better? Um, I don't know. I mean, it would be like, like let's imagine it was an offense that's averaging twelve points a game or something. Mm-hmm. I would be hard pressed to say. Well, let's hope they can flip flip a switch and suddenly be averaging forty. True, good point. Because you either you either got it or you don't. So I think Oklahoma's path to victory the rest of the year, in all likelihood, is outscoring teams. And the good news there is they're capable of it. You know, and that's not going to settle well to give up thirty points and win. Or 40, like they did against TCU. They've won three Big 12 games, Chris, that they've given up 40-plus points. They beat TCU, Texas, and now Texas Tech. Won all three and allowed 40 points, which is amazing. So, you know, let's say you give up 30 points a game the rest of the way here. Well, then you got to get 31. And if you do, you win the game, and that's what ultimately you keep track of is wins and losses. Um I mean, I hope it would be great if they could flip a switch and all of a sudden they're shutting teams out the rest of the way. But unlikely, and certainly in this conference, I think unlikely. They're pretty, uh, Texas Tech was pretty good on third down, which uh, I, I did the math today. It was a quick math. They averaged third and eight. <laughs> they were kind they would 20 of 25. Uh, think about that. Here, here, the third down, I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, one, for a team to have 25 third downs. Never heard of that? To have 25 third downs in a game. Okay, so that's amazing. And then add two fourth downs. They get 20 of them. That's 80%. And they averaged, you said, third and eight. What? I mean, that's mind-boggling. Okay, here's another stat. Do you know how many third downs OU had in the second half? I didn't even look. Three. (laughs) They They scored 66 points. I, what was the score at halftime? Help me out here. Uh, I've got it pulled up. I just put my. How many did they down. score in the second half? Doesn't uh, matter. They scored I'll a touch. Right here. They scored right a here. touchdown on every possession of the second half. The score at the half was thirty to twenty-four. Okay, so they scored thirty-six points in the second half, and had three third downs. Not picked up three third downs. Had <laughs> three third downs. That means they weren't. They were moving the ball with such ease that they ne- they only went to third down three times. Think about that. And how rarely were they even in the red zone, too? That was my favorite. And I think it was what we finally got to the twice. point in the second half where they got there twice. Something like that. They were scoring from <laughs> so far out that we, we have a red zone sponsor on our radio <laughs> broadcast. We were I, they, they weren't getting red hardly at all because, oh, you never got inside the 20 on offense because they kept scoring from the 40 and, the, and beyond. I, I got a astonishing kick. night. I got a kick out of Coach Merv. At one point, we put him in third and twenty, and it was late. 
And I was feeling pretty good about that at that point. I was like, yeah. all right, you know, here we go. Get a stop here, score a touchdown. You know, they, they had their run. And Coach Murphy goes, well, they got us right where they want us. And sure <laughs> enough, I think they scored on the very next yeah. play. It was, it was a ridiculous – it's funny now because I was thinking about this with your scene setter that you did, kind of with the uh, Old West field right. shootout. Could there have been a scene setter that ended up playing out more perfectly than that did? It's a great thing about uh, sports, and especially college sports, and with Kansas coming to town this week, it just drives this point home, is you never know. You never know. When you show up at a stadium or an arena like we did two years ago when Kansas came here, nobody was excited about that game. It was Kansas coming to town. It was an early game. Kansas was bad. It was a miserable weather forecast. We were delayed by, what was it, an hour and a half before that game started because of the weather. It continued to rain all day. Half the stadium was full. Yawn. And we were delivered one of the great performances in college football history by Samaj AP. Yep. And not, not saying that this past Saturday night, we didn't know that there was a pretty good chance for a lot of points to be scored in that game. But for it to unfold the way it did in a game that will live in the record books for a long time, and some of them are unfriendly records if you're an Oklahoma fan, but a game that nonetheless will live in the record book for a long, long time. Um, you know, I can't wait till this Saturday to see what it gives us. We'll be back with a tailgate later this week. We'll check in with Toby one more time. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow night uh, or tonight, depending on when you're consuming this podcast, you'll be out at Rudy's for the coaches' show and for yeah. the tailgate show. Ty was at the Utah State game this weekend. Why? I think he's got a I, – I noticed him in a couple of Utah State picks this weekend. My, he gets around. He does. My buddy's the uh, head coach out there, Matt Wells, okay. and, I, and I saw Ty in a couple of picks as well too. Uh, but Ryan and Ty will be on uh, Tuesday night at the uh, tailgate from 6 to 7 out of Rudy's and 7 to 8, and then you are actually on the road for Spotlight too. That's right. We're going to be with the basketball. Uh, is it men's basketball? Women's this basketball week? this week, then you and I have men's next Sherry week. Sherry Cole's crew uh, this week for Spotlight. Yeah, That'll be fun. Have a great week. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys all later this week with a tailgate. Until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.